Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. We're going racing at Daytona. Double turn two, slides up the track. Bank doors a little bit. Holy three wider here. Up in the air goes so 42. It literally flipped over you. Four wide, four wide. Get ready to wreck up ahead. Try to go get some points. Eric, come on, baby. Great job, guys. Woo! Oh, they wrecked behind you. Idiot, man. What a run here. The late going at Daytona. Great team effort today. Very proud. I saw that coming. Whoa, Pulmoner's around. Nose to tail. Three wide attack. Woo, America. We are the champs. Daytona on 4th of July weekend, a tradition one more time just after 5 o'clock Eastern. And have we already seen fireworks? It's America's birthday. Happy 4th of July. And we have a party going on here on the Peacock Pit Box. Yes, the Peacock Pit Box has been rebuilt. Last time you saw it, it was blowing around Chicagoland. <laughs> it is back here in Daytona. And yeah, here is our 4th of July yes. party. Uh, so if you can reach through your it's television picnic screen. Time. And we're having a picnic here. And I match the tablecloth. Just yes, so you know. we do. Yes, you do. We were going to talk about the fact that we had a little bit of lightning delaying some practice. I was going to say there were no fireworks. But, Dale, what Wrong. we just saw on the track, I uh, think the fireworks are starting early. Oh, got started early. Yeah, we thought they were like four hours away, maybe a little more than that here for Daytona Beach on this 4th of July. But a uh, little... Little action in practice and drivers, I guess, sending messages. I don't know. I never tried to send a message in practice, so I'm gonna have to wrap my head around. Yeah, and, and Dale Jr. said, I gotta wrap my head around what Brad said, but you see, Brad, he's got to run here. They've got the momentum. He gets into the back of the 24, he goes up a little bit, then he just hooks him a little bit and turns him around. Brad says, that's a message. Huh. I'm not going to race these guys that way. I think that the 24 of William Byron, I think he looked at it totally different. He's like, yeah, I had the lead. I had, the, I was the guy, um, and you just got in the back of me. So I think William really stood up for himself when we see the interview. And so did Brad, though. This is two guys with different opinions. Yeah, definitely different in opinion. What a great job by William yeah. Byron not to wipe this car out, turn back up and, and wipe out this whole group that was running together there. That could have taken out two of the Penske cars, but he did an outstanding job. But I really don't understand no. exactly why we were pushing and shoving at this point. In time. I, I don't either. And when you look at that and you look where William Byron was on the racetrack, there's only half a car length or width below him. Yeah. Where's, the, where's the two car of Brad Keselowski going at that point in time? I know he had momentum, but you've got the go pedal in that car too. You roll up off that go pedal, and yeah. I know there's people coming behind you, uh, but at the same time, you've got to take some responsibility for that. It's not just a lesson taught. It's wrecking somebody. Yeah, Yeah, it's not checkers or wreckers yet. By the way, your checkered uh, ensemble here is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> but you mentioned the sound, the interview that they, they both had uh, following the incident. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to that now. I was in the lead last year, and, and he was second, kind of, I guess he felt like I threw a block. I mean, I thought I was clear there, which obviously I was, and he just decided to kind of drive in the left rear and then really kind of gave us the damage on the right rear. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's practice. You know, I, I get it, but I, I don't think that was really necessary to turn us. 
ah, oh, just I had a big run and uh, put me in a position where I had to lift. And I, I keep telling these guys I'm not lifting. So, um, hate it for his team and, and that they got to work on their car and so did ours. But uh, just trying to send a message, I'm not lifting. So it was as a veteran move, time for you to send a message. You feel? Yeah, I mean, I'm tired of getting wrecked at the play tracks. I've been wrecked out of four out of these last five races. Quite honestly, because I let people pull moves like that on me. So they're all watching. They know. Was it? A I have to say, there's a good chance five out of six if he's going to drive like that and, <laughs> and think in that way. Just saying. Yeah. You know. I, hey, I understand that, that you have to sometimes, yeah. send, but not in practice. You know, you don't. And in, if you're going to run or, or bump someone, it's not going into turn three or turn one. Yeah. That's just the worst place you could do something. This was as good an ending as far as tearing up equipment as, as could come out of this. But. Um, I, I, I don't I, I don't understand what Brad's saying yeah. there and, and sending a message at that point in time. Yeah, I, I felt I always felt bump me in the middle, bump me coming off, don't bump me going in, don't bump me going in because that I, that's unexpected. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think William he he stated his case. He didn't expect it. You don't expect it from the caliber driver that Brad Keselowski is. Yeah. He's a champion. You don't expect it from somebody like that. So I think that kind of caught William off guard. He stood up for himself and what he had to say. I think Brad's is multiple layers, okay? The frustration of not winning a race over the last five or six races, of watching the Gibbs cars run out front, of wrecking in the last four or five restrictor plate races or tapered plate tapered spacer racers however you say it <laughs> now uh so i think it's frustration talking too i will say this it's a little bit of deja vu all over again for me with brad keselowski a couple of years ago down here in between one and two in a practice i think before the 125s or the or the qualifying races the jewels um he got in the back of somebody and he said that's the way i'm going to race that's a message i'm not going to check up for you i'm going to run through you We've seen him do it before. That's the way he races. I don't know if that's a reiteration that he just had to reiterate. That's the way I drive. But I think everybody pretty much knew that's the way Brad races restrictor plate racing. That's why he's won so many restrictor yeah. plate races. Yeah, you're going to have to be aggressive. But I yeah. will say this much. We appreciate them making our job yes. easy and giving us plenty to talk about and speculate on. Yeah, yes. no question. Now, we were down here at the Peacock Pit Box watching it on the big screen. Upstairs, uh, Rick, Jeff, Jr., you guys were seeing it unfold as it happened. So what is your take? Well, we saw it at 200 miles an hour, too. I think that's one thing that people lose perspective of. That message was delivered at 200 miles an hour. Well, so it's a double-edged sword for Brad Keselowski. So he said, hey, if you block me and I have to lift, I'm going to wreck you. So if you're Brad Keselowski and you block someone and that person behind him has to lift, he's giving them permission to wreck him, too. And, and I'm sorry. In today's time, racing at Daytona on Saturday night, if you, if you put a block where only time you ever block somebody is when they don't have to lift, you're not going to win this race. I mean, I'm sorry. That, with this closing rate and all those kind of things, you're going to have to block. So, you know, I get it. I, you know, at a point, you get frustrated, and you're like, i got to send a signal. But it's a miss, miss to me. I, I now have permission to, 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 to roll Brad Kozlowski around because I know at some point he's going to have to block somebody that has a run. Yeah, this is a learning experience for William Byron. I think back about Joey Logano in his career and all the things that he went through and all the lessons the veterans tried to teach him. So this is an experience for, for William to go through and try to understand and maybe make some sense of. But with Brad, just listening to his interview, the more he talked, the more upset he got. He's still mad, even after what happened in practice, about what William Byron did to him here last year at Daytona. He is still, even after this, frustrated with how he's been finishing in these races. And he's made up his mind that he's going to change his ways. He's going to change the way he drives. 
and he don't care what anybody thinks about it. He never has. That's Brad. I mean, you know, love it or hate it. That's his attitude, and that's his personality on everything. And, and he's going to live the way he wants to live and, and make the choices he wants to make out on the racetrack. And it makes for some awesome TV during practice, <laughs> hopefully. And I'm sure we're going to see just as much of that in the race. And, and, and I love the fact that he told us. Like, here's yeah. our am. That's it. And you're right. That's how Brad is. He has a belief in something, and that's, you know, and that's what he's going to do, and he's going to act on it. Brad's not the kind of guy that's going to talk about it and not do it. He's not that kind of guy. If he tells you he's going to do it, he'll most likely do it. Well, Krista, I'm fairly confident we know exactly how Brad Kozlowski is going to race at these super speedways now. And you guys would know, I mean, Brad used to race for Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the Xfinity Series. So we have a couple of our guys in these races this weekend. A.J. Allmendinger running in the Xfinity Series race was extremely fast in practice. Parker Kligerman, sixth quick in cup practice, is out on the track right now to take us for a lap around Daytona. Hey, Parker. Hey, Krista. I'm actually coming off turn four, and I just was looking at the pile on there, and it said we were six quick. That's pretty cool. You know, we did that in Sonoma, and the race didn't go very well, so I'm hoping this week will be a little better. But I'm here in the NBCSN car. I'm taking it over from Jeff Burton. I'm going down the front stretch, and what I've learned so far is Jeff Burton likes the lazy boy recliner thing here. Anyway, we're heading off at turn one. We'll beat over 200 miles now in the race car. The big deal here is the bumps. It's real bumpy there, bumpy there. There's a little bumps that you go bottom of the corner that sort of affects the race car. We're so low right now that it really makes the car bounce and uncomfortable. Down the back stretch, this is where we basically are starting to look at our mirror. We're plotting what's happening behind us, what's happening in front of us. You might move a move to the right, start over, that sort of thing, then get back down to the entry. Once again, down on the bottom of one of three and four, it's bumpy as well. So that's a little bit annoying as well. It can really upset the car and sort of just find yourself all over the place a little bit. Now we're heading back down the front stretch and this is where it can get real hairy. It's into the triable at times as you get moved around, the car is real unsettled. But Kyle, DJ, what do you guys want to know? I'm, I'm out here all alone, I'm running out of stuff. Well, I, I want to say this. First, congratulations on pulling off the old school Joe Weatherly, Buck Baker look with those shades on and an open face helmet. You look <laughs> oh dang, yeah, man. You, you look good in there. What? I need some wingtips. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's go back to practice a little bit. You're in this car. What's it like to come back down here this race with this package, with this downforce? We've heard him talk about the car being squirrely, but we're 200 plus miles per hour. What's that like for a driver? Well, you notice it in the runs, right? And you just sort of notice it in the G-forces in the corners. That's where the speed really shows up. When you get shoved down in the seat as you go off in the corner, you know you're going faster. That's sort of the thing, the telltales. In terms of, you know, what the package is like, it's just more evident that we've got more ability to get runs. We're going to be able to make bigger moves. You've seen some guys be able to chart, you know, go from the bottom to the top and back to the bottom again really quickly because the car has more grip. So it's just allowing us to make crazier moves, kind of like this car, just cutting over and doing that at 200 miles an hour, then cutting back and going over and doing that at 200 miles an hour. Those are the type of moves you need to have grip. You need to have trust in the car, and that's what we have down here. Okay, Parker, so sell this for our fans for Saturday night. What kind of racing, in your expert opinion, are we going to see? Is this going to be two and three ride racing? I mean, this place is wide enough for that many cars, but how long can you do that? Oh, yeah, it's a good question. So the, the big myth is that this place is as wide as Talladega. I think sometimes fans think that. It's not. When we're three wide here, if you can look at this car and I move up one step and one step more, that's all it's got. Four wide here is absolutely insane, and you're basically touching doors all the way around. But what do I think we're going to see? I think we'll see something similar to Talladega. I definitely think too wide. 
I think because the runs are so big that he just allows you to constantly be making those moves. There's no one can really control the pack, and that's what we want to see. So this could be one of the more interesting July Daytona races, including the last that we've seen in a long time. All right, Parker, we hope that speed continues. Parker Kligerman, sixth quick in that cup practice. Eventually, he's going to have to bring in the uh, the NBC Camry. He can't stay out there all night. I know he wants to. But we uh, saw a great job from our pit reporters um, covering all of the practice sessions here today. Marty Snyder is still hard at work. And Marty, I understand you have a special guest with you. Yeah, Kristen, we have people everywhere here this weekend. Parker in the Toyota Camry car and Jesse Awuji hanging out with us all weekend. So who is Jesse? Well, he played safety at the U.S. Naval Academy, entered the Navy as a surface warfare officer, and then transitioned over to the Naval Reserve and got promoted last week. How about that? To the rank of Lieutenant Commander just a few days ago. He's also a driver. You may have heard of him at the K&N Pro Series West, also in the Truck Series as well. Three starts in the Truck Series this year including last week at Chicagoland Speedway. And he's hanging out with us here this weekend in Daytona. Boy, you picked a good weekend to become a reporter, didn't you? A lot of controversy in that practice, Jesse. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of controversy for sure. And, you know, for us, I was looking at kind of like in a military type scenario, right? So in the military, communication is huge, right? So you have the sender and the receiver. Brad Kozowski was a sender. He sent a message to the 2014. 2014 received it, and now it's like game on. The fight is on. We're going to send an acknowledgement back. So it's going to be a fight in this race. I've never, I've never heard it that way. That's a pretty cool way to break it down. Have you ever had a run-in with another driver in your driving career? Yes. Yeah, so my very first race ever in 2015 when I was racing late models, I accidentally shoved the driver into the wall just a little bit. He got a little <laughs> bit of damage. He thought that I was purposely trying to wreck him, and then uh, he came after me the rest of that race. He eventually spun me. Luckily, no wreck, but he did spin me. But once again, he sent me a message. He's like, you know what? If you're going to race here with us, you're going to treat us all with respect. You're not going to make screw-ups like that. Very cool way to break it down. So we're honored to have you here in Daytona, July 4th weekend. And you told me earlier, you haven't had many of these weekends actually in the States on July 4th. Where have you been when you've been with the military? Yeah, so uh, for me, unfortunately, a lot of these holiday weekends while I was on the ships, uh, I spent a lot of them on deployments or on duty, right? So if I was here in the U.S., you know, sometimes I would think, hey, I'm going to be off this weekend, but I'm not. I'd be on duty or something like that. So I've been in the Arabian Gulf. I spent a lot of time, 15 months on deployments. And uh, during those 15 months, that's when I was dreaming of, of doing this and being in NASCAR and racing. So uh, dreams have come true, and I continue to serve and continue to do it. We certainly appreciate your service. You're going to hang out with us all hour. Krista, we're going to go find Ty Dylan, we're going to find A.J. Allmendinger. Jesse's been having fun all day long, and he'll be with us all weekend here in Daytona. Yeah, Lieutenant Commander and, well, I guess just Marty. No, just kidding. We <laughs> continue right, to Chris, celebrate right. our men and women serving in the military, including Jesse. All right, so Marty said they've got some guests coming up. So do we. Matt Benedetto is here. He's coming up next. Everyone is excited to come to Daytona 4th of July weekend, especially Matt DiBenedetto, because look at these numbers. He knows it is opportunity weekend. He led 49 laps in February, and he is back with us two weeks in a row. This time we have food. Look at that. It is kind of like a barbecue. <laughs> 
By the way, uh, before we go, I know these guys are going to talk racing, but the hot dog eating record um, is 74, I've been told. Not at this desk. No, no I'm saying the challenge. I was about just, to say. Just, I mean, there's a challenge to be to be had, just in case you're interested. You guys thinking I eat a lot? Is that what No, I just thought I would throw that out there. <laughs> I didn't go there, man. I didn't go there. No, but you have to be excited to be back, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. This is uh, one, you know, you have your ones, you circle off. I always say the short tracks, road courses, and, of course, super speedways. Daytona was really good well it was pretty good for us the last time we had arguably dominant fastest car led the most laps i just need to make it nine laps further this time that'd be nice but you know what what's it like and and we talked about it last week when you were were up here about making that bold move of just saying i'm changing teams and then to solidify that and to bring some credibility you come to daytona lead the most laps run up front all day long have a shot at winning the race what was that moment like for you inside that helmet to say, great decision? It was awesome and so rewarding when I got the ride and, and through a lot of stressful times, as, as I've told you guys and shared yeah. the story with. But, um, you know, that it's it's been cool even up to this point. When I, I was talking with my spotter, uh, Doug Campbell, and he was, he was saying, he's like, when we, you know, it's cool, when we give you the race car, even in situations that maybe I wasn't accustomed to before because I was in underfunded equipment and, you know, running around a different group of guys. He's like, when we give you the race car, you always perform. You know, you go to Sonoma, you go to a Daytona. That was my first time leading a super speedway race and kind of controlling the race and all that stuff. I, you can study all you want, I which I did. I studied like crazy and was, you know, as prepared as I could possibly be. But first time, you know, really being in that situation, it was cool to uh, be leading the JGR group and to, uh, to do that and to perform when, you know, when I need to, like I've always had to do in my career. Yeah. I know when you look at those stats there, you have to think, what if? Or that could be a little bit different whenever. There could be uh, a win up there uh, with that. But that was a different rules package, a package that had been run for a long time. Tell us about what you have now to race with on Saturday night. So I think the main differences are when we ran that rules package and I studied everything I possibly could, learned a lot. Um, and, and they did everything to make the most speed out of the car. They did an amazing job. They were handled well. All that stuff was pretty important here. Um, with that, the old package, you would kind of diligently and methodically work your way through the field. And, you know, we were on the bottom lane. I'd pull up on the straightaway, side draft them, slow down the top lane, pull back to the bottom and everything. I don't want to say it happened slower. It just, um, everything was more methodical. With this rules package, the cars punch a giant hole in the air, and it's, it's a little harder to do all that because people get huge runs and things happen a lot quicker and the and the field shuffles around more so it's a little harder to be uh methodical and it's a little harder to study some of the finer points of this so far okay i got a two-part question i want to go back to to sonoma um and you said something a minute ago underfunded team racing with different guys you show up at the daytona 500 you're at the sharp end of the stick you're racing with the guys sonoma a couple of weeks ago you passed the guys you ran them down you went around them what was it like to race those guys and race different people what is that like number one and number two what makes you a good speedway racer um i i think as far as the speedway racing what i did was i had to embrace it i always said michael mcdowell gave me really good advice he said you got to learn to love them and you got to embrace them and I, I believe that wholeheartedly since he told me that so to be better at them one i had to learn and be like you know some people could be like oh they're just luck and some of it is luck for sure but you look and a lot of those same guys end up at the front of these races every time so i started really looking what exactly are they doing and studying it and that um, helped a lot but then on the uh you know sonoma racing around those those types of guys um you know up front jimmy you know past champions um 
was was neat and it's been great to learn from them and it's fun fun passing them too i'm not gonna <laughs> lie um, but it, again it goes back to you know when, when we're on our game we, we yeah. still aren't you know top level team we're growing and, and have amazing people um, but when we all do our jobs when we have the right race car I know on any day I will and can perform, and that's yeah. my job, and, I, and my team does a great job. I like that, man. I yeah. like that attitude. Yeah. So over the last few years, and, and as teammates started becoming more prevalent, talk, heard talk about teammates working together. Now we've got manufacturers working mm. together. Yeah. Okay? So what are we going to see Saturday night? And you're in a Toyota, and there's not nearly as many of you guys to bunch up against the Chevrolets and the Fords. Yeah, so at Daytona, we were just able to really be smart about working together, and, and it paid dividends. Um, obviously, there's a ton of ton of Fords out there, and they all have uh, done a pretty good job. But it's important. That's what that, The thing is, the more you do this stuff, everybody just gets better. We ran this package at this rules package at Talladega. Now we're coming to Daytona. Everyone's going to get better. They all learn. They all study. They're all doing the same things as I am. We're all professionals at the highest level of, of NASCAR and motorsports, you know, so so everyone gets better. So that's why it turns into, okay, this team's working here. Oh, oh okay. What if we get the whole manufacturer and the whole group to work together? What if we all get on the same strategy? So it just gets more and more in depth. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking some time again, yes, coming up here you. and joining us. And I know you're going to make it exciting for us on Saturday night. It sounds good. Hopefully right. victory lane. That's awesome. Not, That's awesome. Okay, more drivers making an appearance. We've got, oh, Ty Dillon is going to join the show and Denny Hamlin coming up in just a little bit. Daytona, a little update on the William Byron situation. Yes, in the Auxiliary Cup Series garage where inspection is housed. That is two number 24s. The team has opted to go with the backup car for William Byron. It has already been to the optical scanning station, and it will be the backup for William Byron. Hanging out with Ty, and uh, Jesse and I have found Ty, Dylan. And uh, I want to talk to you about such a cool initiative you and Geico have going on this weekend with your hauler driver. Tell us about it. I know it's special to you. Yeah, our hauler driver, Ben Prince, served in the military U.S. Army. And uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been honoring some of the men from his unit uh, that passed away in 2011. Uh, we have Specialist Murr and Specialist Campbell on the car this weekend. Um, also, Ben was injured in, in one of the tragedies himself. So it's a cool program. We have an amazing sponsor who's so thoughtful to every person on our team. And we love GEICO. We love the GEICO military scheme. And uh, to be able to honor some of these men that have fallen uh, is, it's, I, I guess, on my part, it's the utmost honor to be able to represent them. Yeah, so Ty, I mean, it, it's pretty awesome that you're doing this, and especially with me being in the military, I definitely respect that for sure, and with what, what Geico is doing, and NASCAR is doing in general this weekend for Stars and Stripes. So let's come over here, let's take a look at it real quick so people can see kind of, you know, from home, basically what's going on. So you have the name of the soldiers right there who were killed in action. What would it mean for you to win here at Daytona with these guys on board? Yeah, I think this is just um, a symbol that this is much bigger than just a sport, um, and, and Geico gets that. and. Uh, I'm just proud to carry the names of, of men who fought for our freedom like yourself uh, and women who fought for our freedom to be able to do this, to be able to entertain, to be able to be out here on 4th of July and to put them in victory lane would be the, the coolest thing that we could do. It's um, this weekend so much more not about us in the car but about uh, the men and women that are serving and uh, our amazing country we live in. That's so awesome, and that means so much to me just to hear that from you. So now let's get some on-track stuff. So yeah. looks like there's a lot of drama on the track. Yeah. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about your car? 
what do you think your chances are this weekend of, of having a great finish? Yeah, so last time we were here, we finished sixth. Uh, the Super Speedway has been really good for us as a team. Our, our Geico Military Camaro was super fast. We were second in first practice. I think we were 10th in second practice. It's handled the way I want to. Um, I was just uh, just saying we just got to survive the crashes. I, I feel like I have a car that I can actually do something with this, this go around. So uh, it's just about being able to be in that right spot to make it happen at the end. So racing at Daytona, racing at the Super Speedways, pack racing. How do you feel about the packs? How do you feel about the Chevrolets working together? Do you think they're going to work together? Or do you think once you get on track, everybody's going to go into their own zone and everyone's going to be working against each other? How do you think it's going to roll out? Yeah, we have some amazing leadership at, at Chevrolet, and, and we do have a, a plan to work together and try to back on to keep doing what we did in Talladega. And that worked for us. We got a stage win, our first, our second stage win of the year. and. Uh, Chevrolet's got a plan, and that's that's very nice. We want to keep our Camaros out front. We want to keep them together. Where we know we have some teammates to work with, and I think we're uh, we're one of the ones that can benefit from that. I think y'all definitely have a shot for sure. I think y'all do really good. This Chevrolet's looking really good. Thank you so much for what you're doing with honoring these service members, and uh, good luck on track. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jesse. So every driver talks about how they want to be in victory lane here at Daytona. Always so cool, though, to see our military members on the cars. Well, this is the guy who actually was standing in victory lane the last time we were here in Daytona. Denny Hamlin, thanks for coming up and joining us. Uh, I'm going to let the guys start kind of fire off uh, what, what was practice like, and then I'll let them jump in. Well, I'm only here because I smelled the food. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the wind is blowing that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we know how to get to <laughs> No, it was, uh, it was intense. I mean, we... Uh, we were uh, battling pretty good there at one time, and it got a little too, too, too aggressive for for our you know liking there towards the end. And that's when we backed out. And I, as soon as we got into the garage, I'm looking up at the screen and the TV. I was like, "Yep, it got a little too far." So uh, I'm glad we we got out of there when we did. But uh, certainly it was, um, you know, this is the first time on this track with this package. And the thing that makes this track different than Talladega is that this racetrack is narrower, so the runs are actually bigger. Where the the Talladega is so wide, the air has room to escape side to side. The walls are tighter here. The racing lane is tighter, so the air gets disturbed more, so the runs will be bigger. Uh, but why the aggression in practice? Why, why are we seeing that? You know, I think people were trying to put themselves in situations to see whether they have the confidence to shoot the middle, shoot the bottom or top, and, and things like that. And um, that's it, it's it's gotten to where people are trying to simulate the race more and more. when. We used to see in the past people just kind of go out there and just commit to doing single car runs. Um, people know that that's not the women winning formula. You got to have a car that handles well, and you have to. Con you need reps as a driver. You can't just go out there and, and think you're going to be at the top of your game if you don't practice. Yeah, yeah. I know things are different, but I know you probably never get tired of going back to February and winning a second <laughs> Daytona 500. Not a whole lot of people can say that that they've won two or more of these, but. It looked like you and your JGR teammates worked really, really well together to make this happen, and then you kind of settled it among yourself. Is that possible to do that type of thing with this rules package this time? You've always been great on the super speedways, so has that changed? Have you had to change the way that you're looking at this? Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, like all the drivers say, is you got to survive the wrecks. And so, you know, for us, we are we have the organization, we have the manufacturer that has the least amount of cars. So. As long as all the other manufacturers have cars that are still in the race, it's going to be tough for us. Um, it's when they start getting taken out and then the numbers start evening out, that's when we're able to really make the moves that we really need to. And But even in practice, we had just three or four cars be able to run 
I think we, you know, we passed most of that Chevy line on the outside before it started getting all jumbled up. So I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a pretty crazy race. You know, hopefully we just make it through. All right. And I'll go back to the 500 also. We've been coming down here since 59. Um, in that amount of years, there's only five guys who have swept Daytona, the February race and yeah. the July race. Leroy Yarborough, guys like that. You're in that position once again. What would that mean? There's five guys. Yeah. To add yourself to that one. You know, I talked about it in the media center. They're like, you know, why is it? Why do? Why doesn't the sweep happen more often? I said, well, when you go to racetrack and you hit a great setup, like we did, you know, let's say 2006 in Pocono, we had just a great setup, and I was driving a fast car, and we won both races. And people do it at Martinsville and Richmond and these mile and a half because they hit a setup. Here, it's about there, there's so much luck involved, there's so much skill involved, and so many variables. It's hard enough to win it once, but then. To, to, to come back here, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a faster car than anyone else. You still have to dodge the wrecks, have the luck, and be put yourself in the perfect chess position at the end to win. So, it, the odds are seriously stacked against you on a super speedway more than any other track when it comes to sweeping. So, back to this manufacturer's uh, orders, if you will, that Chevrolets are gonna work, Fords are gonna work, and you Toyotas are. When does is there a time? few technical difficulties maybe some of those chicagoland bugs still in the peacock pit box we'll be right back with more from daytona international speedway on this fourth of july at the beach side by side coming into the tri-oval they bump three wide the big move on the inside a huge win for haley did they go below the double yellow line if he did it's not a legal pass. Well, NASCAR's made the call. They said the 24 went below the yellow line to advance his position. Winner, Kyle Larson. For the second week in a row, Red Bull KTM's Marvin Muscan is going to be the overall winner. Marvin Muscan, the Frenchman, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But underneath that lies quite a vicious competitor. Oh, we, oh, we got a big wreck already. Oh, oh. full course yellow for a big win on the opening lap. Final corner, the wait is over. Mazda has won a one-two finish in the Salem six hours at the Glen. Harry Tinkle has done it for Mazda. And around oh. goes a two. He caught the 41. The big one. Oh, oh my goodness. Sideways the 18 hard into the wall. Oh, oh. Into the wall again. This time Eric Almarola caught up. Coming to the tri-oval for the final time. Eric Jones has won in Daytona. Oh, boy. How about that race, boys and girls? Huh? And we have all of that for you this weekend. Xfinity Series racing, motocross, IMSA, Cup Series, all of that excitement on the NBC family. So we're looking forward to that. And... A guy who's involved in one of those races will be the in-race analyst, A.J. Allmendinger, also a broadcaster, is down there with another racer who is becoming a broadcaster. Let's go down to Jesse and A.J. All right, guys, so we're here down in the pit, or actually down in the garage with A.J. Allmendinger. So he was the fastest in practice 
How how'd you even get there? Fastest of practice for Xfinity practice? Well, uh, you know, I've been semi-retired for a few months doing this TV gig that you've now taken over. And honestly, I've seen some interviews probably doing a better job than me. But uh, put that sponsorship lap up. You know, I knew it's going to be somewhat tired after 10 laps and hot. So got that big run on the draft. Put that collar grace and Chevy up front. Put the cover on it. I was done. P1 for the day. We're done. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Being fast is always a good thing, especially here at Daytona International Speedway. Everybody wants to get the win. That's going to set you all up great for qualifying. So hopefully you can put that thing on pole and we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, so uh, you're in race analyst. What does that mean? Like, being in, are, are you going to are you going to call the race from the car or what? I mean, are we, what's going on there? Yeah, like uh, everybody at NBC Sports and NBCSN and Jeff Banky and everybody was like, hey, helmet cam, in race reporter. I was like, so that doesn't mean my radio is live at all times, does it? Because that's not a good thing for any of us. But we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, you know, so fortunate to, uh, to be a part of Colleg Racing and Matt Colleg to uh, give me an opportunity to race his, his race cars and be on this team and go out there and try to have some fun and put on a good show for all of us. And at the end of the day, maybe in victory lane. But I can't celebrate too much because they're making me work on Saturday morning. So back, to ho back home and covering IMSA. That's so awesome. So it's a very patriotic weekend. We got Forces of July weekend. NASCAR has NASCAR salutes going on, stars and stripes. So much going on here at Daytona International Speedway. And you have the 33rd fighter wing on board on your windshield. What does that mean to you? I know they're Air Force. I'm 4-0 against Air Force I, at the I Naval Academy. Too, yeah. I just had to throw that out there, 4-0. <laughs> Got it. Got that block too, right? Got that one. No, you were telling me about the one block you had in your career was against Air Force. So. My one block field goal ever in life in college football was against Air Force my sophomore year. So yes, I had that. But it's about Patriots. They're on board. How do you feel? I mean, it's just a it's a special weekend. And what NASCAR does for for the community, for uh, for all of the the sections that fight for our country, and and uh, you know be. Let's be honest, because of, of people like you and so many people that uh, go out there and risk their lives for our country, we get to go do this on uh, any given Sunday and Saturday and for weekends. So very special to have all that on everybody's window. So just going to have some fun with it and, and more importantly, show our appreciation. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for honoring our service members. Thank you for having them on board your car. Hopefully you go out there and get the win. You're Looking forward to it. Job this, man. <laughs> Thank I you. You like it? Oh, I love it. It's uh, awesome. Rick, we're back to you. Don't fire me. He's good. <laughs> Jesse, you're doing a great job. And AJ, don't worry about it. We are very lucky to have you as a part of our broadcast team as well. So much success behind the wheel. And then you bring it right to us on the broadcast. NBC, NBCSN, your home for motorsports. The NTT IndyCar Series returns to action next weekend. Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, and more drive the streets of Toronto. Race the North, IndyCar July 14th on NBCSN. And just a little bit further south from Toronto, we are in Daytona with Noah Gregson drives the number nine for Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. Anytime you come to Daytona, I know the drivers for Junior Motorsports have to get excited. Yeah. So much success here. That's right. We do have a really good super speedway program at Junior Better Sports, and I have two great teammates with a lot of experience. One pretty good teammate, Sheldon Creed, but the two great ones are Justin, Al or Justin Allgaier and Michael Nett. They're both really good super speedway racers with a lot of experience. They obviously finished first and second earlier this year here at Daytona, and I like this track. It's hard. I'm gaining confidence every time I get here on the racetrack, and super speedway racing, it's tough. It really yeah. is. 
Yeah, you know, I, I want to talk, talk about Justin a little bit as a teammate. You know, so many years we've come down here with Junior Motorsports and talked about Elliot Sadler being the elder statesman. Now, Justin Algar at 33 years old is the elder statesman at Junior Motorsports. How important has it been to lean on him as you've come into this? Seventh in points. How important has, is it to lean on him at Speedways and everywhere you go? It's It's been really big. I've, I've leaned on both him and Michael Annette this whole year. They have a lot of experience. Michael, he won here earlier in the year, so he's a great super speedway racer. I spent all day yesterday with him, went to dinner with him, and just kind of picked his brain along with Justin Allgaier. I talked to him earlier this week, and they're just really experienced guys, and they know everything they need to know about our Xfinity race cars, and our, our Camaros are really fast today in practice. All of us were in the top 10 in first practice, I think, so really we have a really strong stable at Junior Motorsports, so to be able to link up with those guys through the race and already know they've talked to me throughout this, this past week, and so... I don't want to say I have an advantage on them, but I've been able to talk to them and, and I know what somewhat what they're going to do. So hopefully us four can link up and go to the front and it'll be a top four junior motorsports day. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. So now you've got five straight top 10 finishes. Is that just getting comfortable in the series and in the cars and communication uh, moving along? And uh, and how does that kind of line you up? You've got yourself in a good points position. So can you try to advance that and go after that first win? Yeah, I definitely think just taking those baby steps. Obviously, I had, I had some success last year in my first couple races, and um, I came into the season maybe a little overly confident looking back now, but um, I've been able to get to know my crew a lot better, get to know my crew chief, Dave Ellens. He's, he's really good. He's won with two rookies uh, the championship these past two years in a row, so he knows what it takes to shape the young drivers, and so I'm just like a sponge. I just want to absorb all that information from Dave, and, and he's a really great guy, so we become good buddies off the racetrack, and, and I trust him with everything on the racetrack, so just trying to make those baby steps from, from finishing the top 10, then finishing in the top 5, and then once you can run with those top three guys that's when you can start competing for wins so just baby steps until we get to homestead no i know you're making friends and fans everywhere because you sent out a tweet i guess earlier today saying if you have a blow-up pool you're here at daytona go ahead and let me know so tell us did you find someone and did you jump in their pool i did i want to give a shout out to the fans in turn two thank you guys turn for two. <laughs> allowing me to jump in their pool they had a blow-up I don't know, bowl. I rode the bowl for longer than eight seconds, so that was good. Okay. Stood yeah. on the rubber ducky and got to cool off a little bit. It's hot out here. And then I got, I went out and signed at the Junior Motorsports Merchandise Hauler, and I got this uh, this nice little, yeah, I don't know, what that, what do you call this? Lay I'm not or sure. Something? I, I, don't you can I don't know, man. Necklace? Yeah, yeah necklace. I don't know <laughs> what I call that, to be honest with you. Now, when did you get in the pool? When was all this? Was this, like, let well, us know. They said that we weren't practicing in second practice, so <laughs> I went, I got my swim trunks on and got in the pool, cooled off. It felt really, really good. So if you guys, I don't know, maybe tomorrow morning you want to go for a little pool party, I know the place. <laughs> so you, you were in friends. the pool during second practice when they were supposed to be having second practice. Thankfully, they uh, red flagged it and they didn't run it. They canceled it. I got the text right before I got in the pool. I got the text. <laughs> okay. I was standing over there with my shirt off and I got the text from the series director. I just want to get this. I just want to make sure that everybody out there understands. They're not practicing because there's lightning strikes in the area, but my man's in a swimming pool in the infield. Good hey, call. Got to do whatever you got to do to make the fans. I don't know if your boss true, man true. knew it. Dale, Dale Jr. is probably up in the booth because we were still on air. I don't know if he knows, but he knows now that you were in the pool. Dale can come too. Okay. I don't. He, we want everyone to be there tomorrow. We don't. We don't discriminate here at No Gregson Racing. Come on, yeah. pool party, all the fans. Yeah. yeah. They, listen, Dale told on you. He's the one that told us oh, that okay. you were in the pool. So there you go.
What do you think about your chances tomorrow night in this race, though, after you've run a couple of the Speedway races? Well, I felt, I felt like we had a really good switch Camaro here earlier in the year, and I really was just trying to make it to the end of the race. I didn't know what it was going to be like with these Xfinity guys. They're, it's a new style of racing going from the truck series and then up to the Xfinity series. It's really challenging to, to kind of get to know that competition, but I've been feeling a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident. We won a stage at Talladega earlier this year, so I think if we can get some Chevrolets together and, and my teammates at Junior Motorsports, we should have a pretty good shot at it. So I don't know. I'm just thankful to be here. This place is awesome. This is a dream come true for me to be racing here at Daytona. So I'm going to go out there, just do my job, and, and hopefully we can end up in Gatorade Victory Lane. Oh, we love your attitude. Yeah. The necklace looks great. I know the fans in turn, too, enjoyed having you out there at the pool. So best of luck to you yeah. this weekend. Good luck, Thank man. you. Good luck. Thank you guys for having me up here. Thanks that's for coming. Noah Gregson drives the number nine in the Xfinity Series for Junior Motorsports. I don't know if that's the pool Noah was in, but there's a lot of pools <laughs> here at Daytona. We're going to wrap things up here on the Motorsports Hour next. Next Wednesday on NASCAR America's Motor Mouths, Eric Almarola joins Marty Snyder and Kyle Petty to take your phone calls. And maybe Eric will be a little more forgiving than KP. Oh, Ooh, I don't know, I don't know I what like that that's means. trash talking. <laughs> Almarola's racing route started right here in Florida, which just happens to be the next stop on our 50 states in 50 days. 12 miles from here, you'll find New Smyrna Speedway, opened in 1964. Initially as a dirt track, this high banked oval was paved six months later to help provide better racing. Following that change, the track started one of its signature events, the World Series of Asphalt. This nine-night racing extravaganza runs in conjunction with Daytona Speed Weeks and includes the Richie Evans Memorial. Evans is just the first of many NASCAR legends who have raced at New Smyrna, including the Allisons, Kyle Busch, Tony Stewart, to name a few. And every 4th of July week, the track holds its annual Clyde Hart Memorial, named after the owner that turned his cattle land into a short track. Tonight marks the 21st edition of the event. One driver has participated in this event is Front Row Motorsports' own Matt Tift. The 23-year-old started driving at New Smyrna in 2010. Speaking of Tift, this past Tuesday marked the three-year anniversary of the surgery to remove his brain tumor. He said following the surgery, he was wheeled back into the recovery room. His family was watching the cup race. Saturday, Tift gets to drive in that very race for the first time. How about that for a comeback story? A lot of fans out there will be pulling for Matt Tift for sure. Yes. I don't know what they're talking about with your phone calls. Did you get a little a little feisty? Not, not this, this week. week. I was very. Oh, calm. not this week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ryan Blaney did a great job. Ryan Blaney was on this week. It's yeah. been fun having drivers on Motormouth. I, I, I will say that uh, the calls are better. The calls are more lively. They're specific to those drivers. Uh, so Motormouth Wednesday Wednesdays has been it's I been know, a lot it's of fun. It's fun when the drivers come on. Okay, so we started this show talking about the fireworks that we saw in yeah. practice. Are we going to see more? Of that? I know qualifying tomorrow maybe it won't lend into, but we've kind of got a precursor maybe for Saturday night's race. Oh, there's no doubt. At least Saturday night. And so the, the scene's been set and Brad Keselowski has told everyone how he's going to race. And I'm sure there's a number of others that are going to do that. There's going to be blocking and pushing and a lot of fun to watch for us. I don't know if there's blocking and pushing with Marty and Jesse right now. Maybe there should be just to get us fired up. Well, Marty. we were jealous you had food. So we found the Harris family from Jacksonville. You guys say hey. They're cooking us dinner, by the way. And we have a pool, and we have cornhole over here. We're going to play a little bit of that. What did you learn on your first day as a reporter, Jesse? 
I learned you have to split your mind into two <laughs> different parts. So the first part is listening to all the people in the background who are telling you, hey, do this, do that. And the other part is like, hey, let me give this interview correctly and not let me stutter over my words. All right, well, you're going to be with us all weekend. Let's play cornhole. You let's get play. over there. Yeah, let's I'll do it. I'll get down here. Who's on my team? Now I was trying to get Come that on, competitive guys. spirit right. on. Here we go, guys. A little spirit. cornhole. Let's do it. Kyle, help me out here. Uh, is that a good? Oh, oh right on. Oh, there you go, Jesse. Me. Oh, man, oh. I'm off. Oh, Dude. wow. All right, go ahead. There you go. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. Doc, the that's dog close, just stays huh? there. No, that's Don't Daisy. Don't hit the dog. Don't hit Daisy the dog. The dog. Jesse, Jesse, hit the board. Hit the board. <laughs> I gotta sometimes. hit the board. Jesse, gotta hit this board right here, Jesse. Just hit, hit the this board. board. Just get the board. Almost. Oh, oh, to you the right. touched the board, Jesse. The board. You touched the board. Very close. Good job. Oh, this Jesse, <laughs> you did a great job on your first day as a reporter yes. tomorrow. Tomorrow we put you to work a little bit more. Oh, one of us has got to make this before we go off the air. Oh, you're running, on. You're running out of time. I know. I'm oh, running out of time. I know this. I am, Krista. I'm going to get this. Oh, no Jesse, so close. Oh, my God. So now, Jesse, they're not going to beat y'all unless he hits the board here. <laughs> they may not, That's DJ. Sad. That is they so may not. sad. The Harris oh, oh. almost made one. Oh. One more. Come on. One more. One more, Jesse. You got it in you. You got it Jesse, in you. Jesse, pick one up. One more pick one right up. behind you. Walk Come down on. here. Walk down here. Walk it down, Jesse. Just run one Walk down. It down. Run one down. Hurry. We've got Walk about, it down, we got Jesse. About Don't 20 throw seconds. Walk it down, Jesse. That was pretty good. There he goes. Oh, oh he almost got it in. Jesse Uji, everyone. That was a fun right, first day, man. That's the way to end the show. Coming up next on NBCSN, it's NASCAR K&N Series from Douglas County. That's in Roseburg, Oregon. Kyle, the home of... There you go, that's coming up next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.